Hey everybody, it's Jim Sirk with the Medical Sales Nation. Thanks for joining us today. So this podcast is called Back to Coaching and Development. So Charlie and I just go into our experiences about the lost art of coaching and development in the field and talking about some ways of doing remote management and remote leadership. Um, You're going to hear my dogs barking in the background, so be prepared for that. You're also going to experience my great editing skills, so get ready for that. Um, We also dive into, you know, CRM systems. You know, they're useful to to a point, and then we've taken it to another level where we're using it as a crutch. Companies are asking way too much out of that as a... uh, I, I guess a catch-all for everything and uh, um, all the data that's in there should be monitored and used to objectively handle sales execution, which is just not true. We've got to get back into the field, get out from the computer. Managers, if you're spending half your time in your office looking at a computer, you're wasting your time. you got to get out in the field. And so we just dive back into it, talk about our experiences with some of the great people that we've worked with in the past and how they've influenced us. And uh, without further ado, let's get at it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surick. And Charlie Johnson. Uncle Charlie, how you doing? It's 2019. We're both still alive, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, there's something really uh, interesting and scary about New, New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you know, I've got a... Uh, 21-year-old and a 19-year-old, and they're, they were home for college, there's nothing more scary than, you know, texting, you know, at 12.30 going, are you still alive, <laughs> you know? Gee, I know. Right. Well, I don't know, Jim, because my kids are at an age that I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you can relate to that, though, right? It's like, I've been through it twice. Please be home. Please be alive. Uh, All right. Um, you know, so, uh, so it's 2019, Charlie, and, and how you feeling? Feeling good, Jim. Feeling yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're posting these uh, podcasts on LinkedIn now. I think it gives a lot of people an opportunity to hear, uh, some of the work that we've been doing and, uh, excited with some of the feedback. Yeah. So you got any, uh, any resolutions for the, for the new year? Oh, I, I learned a long time ago not to make resolutions. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not, I don't really have a resolution except I've, you got to change, you know, I, Lou Bennett and people will we'll probably talk about Lou at one point. Lou Bennett was this, uh, you know, prolific entrepreneur in the, in the medical device space. And he passed away about two years ago, but um, he brought uh, an orthopedic company uh, back from the dead in the 70s, I think it was Osteonics, and sold it to Pfizer, and then Pfizer, I think, sold it to Stryker. Um, but he worked over at Sophomore Danic, and he would say, you can only change one habit, whether it's a bad habit or a good habit, at a time. So I'm looking at habits this year, and it's not, I guess it's not a New Year's resolution as much as it, it's, a, it's a change of looking at a bad habit 
and uh, get it under control. And I'm not saying drinking coffee is a bad habit, but when you drink like I drink coffee, it's a bad habit. So I am now drinking some matcha tea, Charlie. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. And so I'm giving the old uh, green tea a look. And so I'm not I'm not sure it's a resolution or just looking at changing some habits. You probably have a headache every day from lack of caffeine. Yeah, it it's not too bad as long as I stay up on the on the green tea thing. So I'll have some matcha, then some green tea. But um, you so know, are you doing it? Are you doing it at IV? <laughs> I should. <laughs> but no, thank you. But 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 anyway, um, you know, I posted uh uh a little video and a little content on LinkedIn the other day on Mike Weinberg and um, sales management simplified. Great. Oh, absolutely. Right. Really good. Really good. And, you know, you could, we could dive into so many topics in there, but I thought, you know, it's the beginning of 2019 and we're talking about bad habits and sometimes the sales managers or bad habits are we don't coach we don't develop, at least, you know, Charlie, in my opinion, the way it was done, you know, before these CRM systems came out there. And uh, now my opinion, it's not a fact, but an opinion is these CRM systems have become a crutch for, uh, um, for sales managers. So instead of the real coaching and development. And so I thought we'd dive deep into Uncle Charlie's brain and start uh, – kind of unpeeling this onion on what is coaching, what is development, and maybe get into mentorship. And, you know, tell me tell me how you define coaching, Charlie, and let's, uh, let's just start down that path. Oh, that's good, Jim. In fact, you know, changing a habit is just 30 days. Yeah. Do it for 30 days and you change it, which, you know, you can always do. So 30 days of you on green tea, and we'll see what happens. Right. Exactly. We'll see. Yeah. So 30 you days know, from now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to be a coach, you know, I, I, I look at coaching, the different roles that someone takes within an organization that interacts with others, and particularly one that has the uh, title of a manager, right? So manager is uh, someone who has control and track, tracks and controls the uh, the individual. Now, a coach is somebody that's a little bit different. A coach is uh, like a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a coach to me is someone that uh, uh, observes someone else's behavior, assesses their development level, in all kinds of behaviors, and then takes an opportunity to coach them to do it differently. There's five aspects to coaching that are really important. The first thing is you have to tell somebody what you're going to do and what you want them to do. And then you're going to show them how to, how, how to do it. After you show them how to do it, you're going to let them try and you're going to observe and provide feedback. Now, those five steps are critical in coaching someone or teaching someone a new uh, behavior to develop, you know, more success in our chosen profession. Okay. All right. So I don't, I don't disagree with you. When you're riding with a rep, you're going to, you know, especially if they're new, and we're going to tell them what we're going to do. 
you're, you're going to go in, show them. And this is for a new rep, so sometimes, you know, if you got an experienced rep, you're not really going to tell them or show them. You're going to get to the point where you're just going to really watch them try to do something, observe, and, and then pr- provide that feedback. Um, well, Jim, I, I think that the, the experience is a, is a tricky word uh, because someone is successful at selling certain products. We, we give them that label that they're experienced. And they may not be really skilled in a behavior that helps them sell that technology. Uh, it's up to the coach to identify an area of deficiency that they can help that person become even better than they are. Right. So, okay. No, I agree with So, that. it's a continuous quality improvement type of thing. Right. So, it depends on what you're looking at, right? So, um, if you're going to go in and it could be just cold calling, right? You, you got a lot of reps that are great at going in and building relationships. So they've got great relationships and they keep selling to the same customers, but they're not bringing on new ones. Right. So you have an experienced rep who can continue to grow the business, but sooner or later you kind of run out of uh, runway there to sell more right. product to that guy. So you're talking, taking an experienced rep and air quotes experience and saying, okay, now we've got to, Gotta start bringing out some new customers. So I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how we're going to do it, and then try have them try it, observe, and provide feedback. So here's the question, though, Charlie, and I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying because I don't think this stuff is done routinely anymore, and and it could be one or a couple reasons why, right? But I see a lot of you you know, and it happened to me a few times where you would have managers that have 10, 12 people. So you can't, there's only 12 weeks in a quarter and you'll probably, if you have more than 10 reps reporting to you as a manager, you're not going to get to all 10 in a quarter because you're going to be pulled into this meeting, into that meeting, into this conference and that conference. So how do you coach when you can't observe, right? And, um, you're you're running blind because you've got too many people or time has gotten away from you. So how do you use, you know, analytics, you know, just sales reports and um and what I mean by that is the sales reports that you get from the numbers. And then you have your activity reports, activity based sales management. Tell me what you're gonna do and then managing it and I'll tell me what you did based on what you told me you were gonna do. So how do you provide that coaching when sometimes it can't be face-to-face. Well, Jim, I think it's that's something to me that's very, very difficult. And I'm going to challenge one thing uh, from what you said. I, I think if you are uh, seriously trying to develop a team and you have 10 to 12 people, there's no reason why you can't spend a day with each of those people in the course of three months. Yeah, I, and, I, and, and I'm, that, not, I'm not, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to argue that you shouldn't, right? Uh, and this goes back to even Mike's book. You know, we're we're being pulled into all these different meetings and stuff, but things happen, right? If you got ten oh, yeah. guys and you got twelve weeks, and people are taking vacation, or this happens or that happens, it may not happen. So, regardless, let's just say it happens. You know, I, I mean, I think, you know, you cannot coach, and this is to your point. Now my 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 uh, brain is catching up to yours. You cannot coach to an activity that you haven't observed. 
right? Correct. Right. So the only thing you can do is coach to what they told you they were going to do. And this is what I call that triangulation, sales management, um, triangulation reporting. You listen, you listen to what they say. You listen to what a rep tells you. You look at the numbers um, that back up supposedly what they're telling you and the actual activities that were done that were filled out in a report and what they write to you. If you can triangulate all three of those things, you know, 80% of it is pretty consistent then you know you're probably on the right track. The, the sales rep, the sales manager, the man, the district manager reporting, the re- regional manager. If you can tie all that together, you're you're pretty good. So you know I call that the rapid triangulation method when you can't be with somebody all right, the time, right? right? So, uh, but well, all you're that, doing, Jim, I, 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 what let I me would finish say. this though, Charlie. Let me oh. finish this. Is that all you can do is coach to the supposed activities that took place, right? And if the if the momentum is not moving forward, as they said they were going to do, you can you can question two things, right? That's really all you can do. Either they're either the rep or the manager are not being completely honest, or they're being honest and there's a a massive deficiency in a skill set. Then you've got to figure out the underlying deficiency of that skill set to then go develop. Make oh, sense. Jim. Yeah, I agree. So some things, if we clarify, I think it'll be a little bit easier. When I think of experience, the word I like to use is competent. Sure. Somewhat competent okay. at a behavior. When when you're, if if you're not seeing that person in your head and looking at their activities, what they plan to do versus what they accomplish, and their sales reports that go along with that. Because a lot of times when you're trying to read from – when you're trying to make assumptions from numbers, right, it's very easy to get stuck in that ranking game, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to rank people based on the quantity of their activity rather than quality of their activity. And you can – if you can focus on one individual at a time and look at that triangulation – you can draw cons- draw assumptions, and you can uh, do some of the coaching uh, uh, remotely, uh, if as long as you both agree that there's a deficiency in competence. Yeah. Well, then the coaching is go work on this, and um, the coaching is walking through that plan as we're discussing. And and you're right. Let me step back. Is that quantity and quality? completely different and I'm not and I'm not making the statement that you know fill out a report and, t- and tell me you made 10 calls a day um, I'm talking about you told me you were going to do this last week did you do it or didn't you do it mm-hmm. right and and if if you did it and we still didn't move the ball forward then there's a competency issue in a skill set right then once you identify, and as you're walking through that business planning and reporting, you're identifying areas of excellence. Let's not, you know, focus on the negative, but areas of excellence where they may be really great at that could help other sales reps. But you're finding areas of deficiency that now need a development aspect. So coaching is, to me, is I'm I'm here to listen to what you have to say about your business. And tell me about the activities you've 
done and the outcomes so that I can understand it better to provide you some advice and coaching, right? And then if we uncover that there's some deficiencies in some skill sets, then we've got to apply a development factor. And um, I mean, that's how I look at it. No, I think that's a good way to look at it. In fact, you're opening my eyes too to the concept of remote coaching rather than in-person coaching. Which, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, today, uh, the tools are there to give people the activities and uh, also take a look at the uh, sales performance so that you can actually make some of those assumptions and through conversation lead people into identifying a deficiency. Yeah, no, I agree. You can hear my dogs in the background. So this is the, this is the great um, studio that we have. Uh, at the medical sales <laughs> hold on one second so jim there's there's a skill to this and if someone the problem with a lot of coaching uh requirements that managers are given is nobody actually teaches anybody how to coach right well that's that's the problem right with most of right. this is that nobody teaches you how to do it anymore you're assigned that sales management role and it's like you go to a two-day conference and, you know, hey, we're going to anoint you now the, uh, the sales manager of the, of the Midwest and, hey, good luck. And that's it. And yeah. next thing you or know, you're, you're filling out reports and stuff and you don't even know what the hell you're doing. Right. You're filling out reports and you're reading reports. And that, to do that, that takes two days of a meeting with the people on your CRM system and another day getting do's and don'ts from your HR director. Yeah. And they expect you, okay, now you're trained. Yeah. Now go out there and do it. You know, so it, a lot of people pick up what they feel comfortable with. Yes. And, and in that lies both a gift and a, and, a, and a disaster. And I'll tell you a quick story. I had a manager. I had a sales rep. And uh, he's a very disciplined guy and uh, very dogmatic about his discipline, too. And he wanted to be a manager, so I spent time in the field with him. And one thing he did every day, you know, he had, he had little ways he started his day, routines that he had. And his final routine of every day was to sit down at his desk and write out thank you notes to everybody he met with that day. I said, well, that's really good. That's something I'm glad to see that you do that. And that works for you. He said, it works really well. I said, one thing, if we promote you to being a manager, you can't require your people to do that. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I have never written a thank you note. And I never will write a thank you note. It's just not in my nature, Right. You can't change people from their – you can't – you can move them from their nature. You can't change them. You take what they do well and try to focus on that, and then you help them find what they don't do well so that they can do it better. Right. Now, you know, of course, he had training and everything else, but sure enough, guess what happened? You know, six months in, we're getting phone calls from pissed-off salespeople. Because he's making them write thank you notes and make photocopies of them every day. It's just, you know. And then send them he, to to what? Yeah. What, yeah. Well, he had it, it. He made it a requirement, and his people didn't like it. Right. It wasn't in their nature. Right. Right. So, what you have to find is, you. 
you have to observe at some point. Uh, what you observe is what do people do well? Well, you can identify what they do well from what they tell you they did, right? Right. You can tell what they do well from what they tell you in their plans, what they're going to do. And from that, you can pretty much tell when people do things they're, they feel they're good at, they're really, really, they're uh, pretty excited when they accomplish their goals, right? Sure. You know, I did that. I was good at it. I accomplished my goal. But through a process of elimination, you can start to find things that people aren't good in their nature at and don't do. You know, we can use cold calling, for an example. Um, there are people, like you said, that are, that, that are just naturals at cold calling. I would never be one, right? Never, never was, never professed to be a good one, but I did them. Yeah. So, <laughs> I did them. So what you're saying is that, so these people, you know, we get promoted to this, this manager's level, and then we go to our two-day management conference, and uh, you're anointed uh, a manager, right? It's, uh, it cracks me up, too, because um, it's like these business leadership courses you know hey pay us ten thousand dollars for uh, a three four day course and then we're going to get a certificate to you that calls you a leader and uh it's like wow i wish i wish that really actually happened our well, i wish i got paid that kind of money jimmy <laughs> <laughs> and i wish and i wish our politicians actually uh would take some of those courses so they could become leaders but we know that that's just not true right and and it's funny because it's like you say that you go back to your bad habits. When I became a manager first time with sophomore Danik, uh, it was well, not only bad habits, Jimmy. You go back to your habits. Well, habits, right? I shouldn't say bad habits, right? Because um, you're right, Charlie. Thanks, thanks for that correction. Because you wouldn't be being promoted if you had a bunch of bad habits. But you go back to your habits that you're good at. And so, I was promoted to this management position, and it was just kind of like a. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an hour conversation and then I became the manager and that was it. Right. And so, okay, now I'm this manager and I have absolutely no idea what to do except what did I do? I, I rode with everybody because at the time we only had four or five reps in Chicago and I could, you know, get to everyone two two reps a week. And I had to transfer some relationships, you know, to other reps and, you know, make that happen and, and, you know, make sure there was a successful transition. So I was in the accounts, I was in surgery. And next thing you know, I'm going on every sales call, going almost to every case that needed me. I was covering cases. And then uh, I mentioned Lou Bennett earlier. So uh, Eddie Traurig and, and others, realize that all I'm doing is everybody else's job. And so they flew in Lou and Lou asked me what I was doing every day. And he goes, uh, he goes, uh, yeah, you're, uh, um, it's, uh, uh you're going to kill yourself, Jim. We know what you're doing. <laughs> it's not good. And I said, but Lou, I'm killing the numbers. We're killing the numbers. We're growing. We're making so many fantastic uh, uh, strides here in Chicago. And he's and he looks at me and he goes, <laughs> right? And he he looks at me and he goes, son. He he goes, tell me about your day and your week. And I go, well, Lou, I wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> I drink a gallon of Starbucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> I go here and I go there and I do this. And I'm excited, right, to tell him all the stuff I did. And we're having lunch, and I'll never forget this. I'm having lunch with Lou Bennett, and I'm so proud and excited to be having lunch with this gentleman. And he looks at me, and he go in his, uh, you know, southern accent. And I'll I'll try my southern accent for the for the nation here. And he goes, Jim, you gonna die, son? <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah. And, and he just he's, he looked at me, and he's like, "You're gonna die." And he goes, "If you get hit by a truck, does anybody else around here know what the hell's going on?" I was like, no, is that a problem? He's like, that's a big problem. And so, uh, you know, so, but that is not, you know, unnormal that goes on with hiring these people and putting in positions and then hoping that they kind of get it. I didn't get it. And then, yeah. then, then they introduced me to you, Charlie, right? And I started going yep. through your management courses and the light bulb started to go on and started to get better at it. But it's a fundamental problem. I don't know if it's just in medical sales or if it's everywhere, but I see it all the time. And um, we just need to be aware. And I guess this conversation is about getting managers to be aware of what they really need to be doing from a coaching perspective and getting sales reps. While you may not like your manager riding with you or being on you, it actually has a lot of value if if you're working hard, right? right? And you could be working hard and not hit your number. That's okay, okay? You could be n- not working hard and hitting your number. And I mean not working hard, like you're just getting lucky because I don't care if you make – if you work an hour a day and you're killing it consistently for years, That's I'm fine with that, Right. But if you're not working hard and you're hitting your number long term, there's going to be a problem. So absolutely right. So yeah. So that coaching is that. You know, I don't think we have the answer, but we do know you need to spend more time with your people. You need to look at what they're telling you, what they're saying, um, what they're writing, and, and triangulate that with your numbers. So what they're what they're telling you, what they're writing, and the numbers that rapid triangulation. And to what you said, Charlie, when you're in the field and you should get in the field. All the time. Every free moment, you should be in the field. You're going to talk about what you're going to do. You're going to show them a a good example of what you want them to do. Let them try, observe, and then provide them feedback, right? And then you're a coach. That's a coach. So now the development piece, Charlie, in my mind is that when you're going through the coaching, you're uncovering, and and I, I would do this by saying, Okay, what's stopping you or what's going to stop you from hitting those goals? And don't tell me it's a marketing handout because then I'm going to throw up on you, right? <laughs> right? It's true. It's, I don't, there's, I've never met a marketing piece of marketing that's ever sold anything. So um, so let's, let's understand that. <laughs> so, but through that conversation, the development comes knowing what, what skill sets they need to be able to do their job and be successful. Your thoughts, Professor Charlie? Well, I no, Jim, I agree because let's face it. Uh, I, unfortunately, I think the trends are are going away from smaller organizations. Uh, you know, seven people to one leader to the larger numbers. I think people uh, believe that they can get more out of the numbers than they can actually get. Right. Uh, you know, certain people can look at numbers and be see things that other people can't right 
you know, when I first became a VP, I got to look at this daily report that was like a million numbers on about 20 pages. And, you know, my my boss said, well, take this report and go to your office and come back in a afternoon and tell me what you found out right so i'm going the page by page through this thing and i'm i'm looking for a section where it tells me what i'm supposed to see right <laughs> and I, I went back to him you know i was nervous now right I was sweating and nervous and i went back to him i said i i don't see anything i don't know what you want me to see because i don't see it right he goes look at these numbers it means your people can't sell competitively I said, how do you see how can you tell that? <laughs> well, because these numbers are lower than those numbers, and those are where the comp- competitive products are. I said, I go in the field every week, and I observe, and I talk to people, and I talk to them about selling competitively. That's what tells me if they can or can't, right. not by looking at numbers. But I kept that in my in- inside voice because I didn't say that out loud. Right. I said, I'm gonna try, babe. I'm going to try to do better with this. But, and, and, you know, it's, it's the thing that we discover, you know, it's just like on the podcast, you know, I learn things from you and you learn things from me that we believe we actually talked about before, but we probably never did. Yeah. Not in the depth of these conversations. And the beautiful thing about this process is we get to talk about topics we generally have great passion for. Uh, and you know, we can give some people help. Yeah. You know, we, you had, you had a great background in the spine orthopedic business and I came more from the general surgery side and, uh, you know, I've spent, you know, the years with you and primarily in pain management and, you know, uh, ENT. Yep. And we both learned a lot from our, our experiences together. So I think what we can offer people is, to show it's not it's there's no perfect ramp here right no there's not yeah you know we all can we all do things well and we by our nature we're going to continue doing those things and we're only going to confront things we don't do well when somebody intervenes yeah and that's the thing too is that for a sales rep you know that you're listening to this thing you should really encourage your managers to coach you and provide them the information, um, what's working, what's not working, um, what you're having trouble with, what you're excelling at, and how can you help others, which is that mentoring piece too, Charlie. So sometimes, even from a development standpoint, um, somebody, like you said, you're like, well, I'm not great at cold calling, but you know who is? You know, this this guy or this gal over here, they're awesome at cold calling. I'm going to hook you up with them asking that you spend some time together, at least talking once or twice a week. So, and it might be a peer, it might be another manager, who knows who it is to help you with that cold calling aspect. Because as a, as a coach, um, that's why in baseball and football, you got a hitting coach, you got a pitching coach, right? You got a fielding coach. The, the, the manager of the team isn't the expert at everything, right? So you can rely on other people to help and managers should feel comfortable doing that. So, um, and then from a mentoring perspective, I mean, that's completely different. I think we could probably have a, another podcast on mentoring, but, um, you know, but as if we take anything from this podcast, it's, you know, coaching is that diving in depth of activities, observation, providing feedback, 
putting goals together that everybody agrees to and monitoring the activities and the, and the progression to those goals and what's not working, fix it. What you're doing great, do more of it. And then coming and then finding those areas that need development and, and develop those skill sets. That's perfect, Jim. So that's perfect. Okay. Because, you know, you know, just <laughs> to finish that off from an experience long before we had uh, uh, laptop computers and uh, uh, salesforce.com, uh, we used to try to manage act, manage activities by having salespeople call into a into a, a secretarial service that would type things up and send it out to managers. So the whole idea was to take away the time to accumulate the data and let people actually analyze the data. But yeah. you know what the problem was? People didn't know how to analyze the data. Yeah, they well, would look they would look at a bunch of numbers, and again. We assume everybody sees the same thing when they look at that number. It's like, right. you know, my story here. Um, you can look at numbers and you can triangulate your rapid triangulation and you see things very clearly. Some other people are not able to see the same things. But the most important thing is they interact. They have conversations. If you're not conversing with your – if you're not talking to your manager on a regular basis – Something is very wrong, and it's stilting your development. So yeah, well, make I've, sure you get on the phone with them. And, and I'll tell you this, too, is that for the managers out there and the sales reps that are listening to this, the my most successful managers and reps talk to me all the time, right? And, and, and we know that. So if you're a sales rep and you're avoiding your manager, they know that. They know you're avoiding them. So nobody's hiding, nobody's fooling anybody. It's like it's this game has been played for a hundred years between sales and sales management. So let's just come clean, work together, and just get better at what we do every day. Right? Hey, you bet. Okay. You got it, buddy. Well, Charlie, I think with that, um, it's a lot for the nation to. Well, not a lot. It's pretty pretty uh, quick, um, but some some fun. Uh, you know, starting this 2019. I say to the reps and managers, just work together, help each other, coach, provide that coaching. It's your job. Your success depends on the development of your people, and you can't develop them unless you're coaching them. You got it, buddy. All right. So with that and the Medical Sales Nation, until next time, have a great week. Charlie, you want to say anything? Yeah, and good luck communicating. Yes, good luck communicating. <laughs> All right, Nation, until next time, have a great week. Bye.